Chris Chalice. Welcome back to the show, baby. It is me. It is Chris. We are in the mix, baby. And uh, you know what? Hey, Chris, man, how's it going? Uh, things are going really, really well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like that intro, the go part, was a little bit more elongated than normal. Like, that yeah. was a go, and it just kept on going and going. I don't know what happened there. Maybe it's just because, you know, I'm trying to wake everybody up. I don't know. Sometimes things happen. I have no answers for them. And that's fair. I mean, for the most part, you know, this drops Thursday morning. So a lot of people might be listening to us on their way to work. So instead of, you know, if maybe if you don't drink coffee, mm -hmm. then you have Chouse just yelling in your ear to start that's your right. morning. It's perfect. Wake you up on the right note. The I'm best the best part of waking up is Chouse yelling in your ear. That's Forget it, folders in your cup. You guys know what you like, and that's why you're here and you return. But you know what's funny? man? I saw this thing on Twitter made me laugh. So Burger King, I mean, here we go. There was a dude. His name is apparently Kevin Ford, and he has never missed a day of work at Burger King in 27 years, man. 27, Good for him. 27 bloody years at Burger King, and he posted a picture. I don't know if he was being facetious or whatever it said life is good keep the grind going and he's holding two packs of lifesavers and apparently that's all that burger king gave him was a goodie bag of treats for 27 years of service without missing a day but get this the picture went viral and everyone started to go fund me they got him up to two hundred thousand dollars for that stop i'm telling y'all this one made my day i was like good for you guys give the guy his due Good for Kevin. I mean, first of all, the 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 bag of goodies like that right. had to have been like a joke. It, I mean, you would have think you would have thought after 27 years of him not missing a single day of work, depending on how many days a week that he actually was scheduled. Sure. I mean, if he was only working one day a week, then yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But if he's working five days a week, you know, for 27 years, that's pretty damn impressive yeah. but then to go back and get over 200 grand from a gofundme <laughs> dude i mean that's how you win at life right there that's how you definitely win man i gotta start doing that for some i gotta make up something to be, yeah man I'm, I'm at my job for 40 years straight and i get nothing so hopefully and I they gave me a paper clip and then paper you get a gofundme stuff. yeah man be like take home paper clips everyone but i thought that was a good heartfelt story made me made me feel good uh to hear yeah that. But, you know Speaking of good stories, choo-choo, we got the hype train in the house. And I mean, it is the big news that broke this week in college football that Arch Manning, nephew of Peyton mm. and Eli Manning, he commits to Texas, the Longhorns of all teams. And, and the thing is, is that I, I did a little bit of pre-work on his film. I, I didn't dive in deep. I mean, there's not a lot that you can see. The tape is pretty crappy because it is high school. We get it. But Early tape that I've seen, I'm just going to break down a couple of things that I that I want to talk about, because, I mean, early tape I've seen, you know, it shows great accuracy, good mobility. He's got really good size, but the arm talent at this point doesn't seem to be necessarily elite in arm strength or zip and velocity. That's fine. He's still a young man. He can obviously put some strength on that arm, but that is one thing that I'm definitely going to be watching. But where I'm going with this is it's interesting that he goes to the Longhorns because it's not an SEC top competition team and i'm very curious this because peyton went to tennessee eli went to ole miss you thought he would have followed in those footsteps 
Go play at the best conference in college football. He bucks the trend and he goes into a quarterback controversy with Quinn Ewers or whatever, however you pronounce his name. And the rumor is that he might uh, transfer out because uh, Arch is coming. But I mean, what do you think? And why the hell did he buck the trend and not go to the SEC? I'm, I'm very confused on this one. It, it is interesting because you figure, you know, Peyton went to Tennessee. Eli went to Ole Miss. I mean, you would have thought the SEC trend was going to continue with him. Mm. My almost my only thought here, and not that he ever has to worry about money, regardless of if he plays football or not sure. because of his family, but maybe there's some sort of, you know, NIL recruiting going on here with uh, with Texas, you know, where they're like, hey, we can get you more money if you come play here. Would not shock me with the NIL money whatsoever, but you got to think with the family name, you got to think with. Peyton and Eli having Hall of Fame careers, multiple Super Bowls. I'm, I'm, I'm almost thinking that, what, does he want to carve out his own legacy? Does he want to not be in the shadows of those Mannings? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's kind of the ladder of where he's going as well, not only for NIL potential, but I mean, because if he doesn't perform to highest elite standards, that's not a good look for his NFL draft stock playing for the Longhorns. Right. And also, when you look at their schedule for next season, their second game of the year is against Alabama at home and, you know, for Texas. So, I mean, that's going to be a big, big game for him. That will absolutely determine kind of, you know, how much higher his draft stock is going to go. And I think that is the talent is there. You know, he's going to be one of the top, you know, recruits or sorry, top picks in the draft when what, 2024, 2025, when he becomes eligible. Mm -hmm. So the, the talent's going to be there. It's going to be a matter of how he progresses throughout his first couple of years in college. But yeah, I mean, maybe he didn't go to the SEC because, you know, easier competition, you know, with, with Texas in that division, as opposed to going up against a juggernaut like the SEC. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, interesting dynamic. I mean, the commitment, he's still got one year eligibility in high school, does he not? I'm, I'm, I, I didn't see that. I think he still has one more year in high school. He might, but like you said, like the, the videos we've seen, They've all just been they've been highlight videos. Like we it haven't seen, been, yeah. we haven't seen any of the bad. We've just seen all the amazing throws and things that he can do. I mean, if he it, hopefully, I, I doubt it because I mean, I don't think he's going to play this year in, in Texas. I think it's next year, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to double check that. But if it is next year, then it's B. John out the door because B. John's probably going to go to the NFL, and then he'll right. still have Xavier Worthy. So I mean, at least he'll have a dope number one wide receiver to throw to. And then maybe that is the, the the part where we can argue and say that, you know, Arch Manning is going to be one of those top guys because, you know, it'll be, I believe, his junior year for Worthy. So, I mean, he'll be schooled up and he'll help uh, the inadequacy in the transition phase for a Manning. But it was interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be watching this with eyes wide open. I mean, we saw one of our MVP members say, you know, is this Arch Manning a thing? Should we be paying attention? And the answer to that is yes, you should be because... He does have a lot of great talent and a lot of great skills, but we'll see how it all pans out. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm, I'm excited, but I mean, a lot of the attention is also because of what his last name actually is, you know? Correct. Yes, he, yes, he has the talent, but he's so polarizing because of his last name. That's it. And it, okay, so then that's a great topic because is he overhyped at this point because of the last name? If he had the last name of Smith or, you know, whatever, would he be as highly regarded? I don't think he'd be getting so much national attention if his last name weren't Manning. 
I, I get it. I love it. It's good topics. I mean, Arch Manning to the Texas Longhorns. Longhorn fans are excited because they got two really sound quarterbacks right now. I'm not overly convinced in this Eras kid. I think he throws funny. It's unorthodox. It's like, I don't know. I don't I don't like him. I'm I'm, I'm cussing guys down for their throwing motion already that they haven't even played really in college football. Oops. I mean, hey, look at look at look at Philip Rivers. It looked yeah, like he had true. like that three quarter sidearm throw his entire career and he was fine. It's true. Ewers throws that sidearm, too. He's got a lot of arm strength, but I mean, that sidearm, you're going to get the Tommy John surgery faster than you can expect, man. That elbow is going to fall off. You keep going sidearm. But dude. We got a big signing this week, and it is scary Terry McLaurin, baby. Mm. He signs a massive three-year, $71 million extension, $28 million on the signing bonus. Top five wide receiver payday. Is he worth it for Mr. Quarterback Proof? I think it's just. I think so. I mean, you know, the fact that he has such a carousel of quarterbacks throughout his career. Yeah, I think I think it's it's worthy of the money. I'm surprised with it, though, because I honestly thought that he was going to be a trade target and I haven't seen the final details of his contract. So I don't know if it's more front loaded or back end loaded. So we don't know when Washington could actually get out from underneath this contract. But, you know, it shows that they're invested in him. And I think if they're going to continue to do so, they need to really start building around him if he is going to be more of that focal point on the offense. I like what Washington's doing right now. I really do. On this roster, on the offense, the offensive line, okay, it's got some holes, but it's not horrific. You know, you got three good running backs in the stable. You got yourself a little Jahan Dotson. You got Diami Brown, Logan Thomas coming back. I mean, this team, Carson Wentz, obviously, and then everything's right. going to everything's gonna be kind of, you know, hedging excuse me, hedging on the, you know, the fact that Carson Wentz hopefully can uplift his career and come to good levels. Hopefully we see like a 4,000 yard, you know, 30 to 35 touchdowns potentially in this offense. I mean, I, I think it could happen. Will it happen? It's debatable, but with scary Terry and John Dotson on each side, I think this offense could be extremely dynamic. I think so. And it's gonna be interesting because if, if Wentz doesn't work out, you know, do they end up going with, you know, going back to Taylor Heineke or do they bring in the rookie Sam Howell out of UNC? Ooh. So I think that this team for the future with Sam Howell at quarterback is definitely going to be set up for years to come because I do think that Carson Wentz is more of just a band-aid for this offense right now as opposed to a long-term solution. What's your odds of Carson Wentz actually being a thing this year? Define a thing. Top 15 fantasy quarterback. Yeah, I could, I could see top 15. I mean, I think it's like closer to 15. You know, I think he's borderline top 15. Stop! Why you hate on him so much? Because he's just, I mean, is he a good quarterback? Yes. Can he stay healthy? Not so much. So it's the health that concerns me. It's not the ability or the talent around him because he has the talent around him for sure. But the guy just really has issues staying on the field for a significant amount of time. So for me, it's also the mistakes. I mean, I, I he he's not he's not me. clutch. I get it. He's not clutch. Like, uh, I don't know who who do we always make fun of? That's not clutch. I mean, 
Kirk Cousins, okay, but I think Kirk Cousins is probably I mean, better. No, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to Philip Rivers, who was last. I mean, great, it was the last couple seasons of his career. Yeah, but the guy threw more interceptions in the second half of games than he did the entire first half of games. So. Right, and I mean, well, okay. So if we're talking turnovers, because I've argued this many times on Carson Wentz, I don't know why I'm on the Carson Wentz bandwagon, but I mean, I'll say you're you're you have a strong validation for this. Guy. I am not. It's just I don't know why it's coming out this way. It's maybe it's because I like Terry and I like Dotson so much that and so know, you just want Carson. Wentz to be the guy so that these I, guys can I do can, I, re- can benefit I really do from that I really do I hope he can do it because you know to see guys like Terry and Dotson not perform because of shitty quarterback play that's gonna hurt my feelings but I mean look I at his think, stats. I think seven what four uh, seasons of seven picks I mean come on that's 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 not a massive turnover he does fumble the ball a lot that's fair I think that Carson Wentz for me is more of a top 20 fantasy quarterback I, I mean, I think he's more of that. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm looking at my rankings. I have him as a quarterback 25. I think he could, he could exceed wow. that ranking. I think he could definitely be more of that top 20 guy, but top wow. 15, that's borderline for me. Wow, as a man. fantasy quarterback. Disrespect yeah. on this, man. Okay, so Ryan Tannehill or Carson Wentz? Oh, Tannehill. Wow, okay. <laughs> Matt, yeah, Ryan, Tannehill. Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz? Matt Ryan. Wow, okay, okay. Jared Goff. I'll take Jay. I will take... Dude, I have Goff right ahead of Wentz. I have Daniel Jones and Jameis Winston ahead of Carson Wentz. Wow, Carson, I'm trying, buddy. What about uh, Danny? You know who I don't have ahead of uh, Carson Wentz? Uh. Mac Jones and Davis Mills. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I don't even need to go through this list because we already have the answers. Good Lord, man. I tried, Carson. I really did. You know, I'm I'm, I'm really trying for this. If I I am wrong, then I will be on this podcast eating that crow and admitting okay. that I was wrong. Okay. But yeah. I don't see it happening. And I'm not overly promoting it, believing that he's going to be this awesome quarterback. I mean, and top is, 15, you don't have to be awesome to be the no, QB 15. That's you know? right. right. That's right. I mean, 3,800, 4,000 yards, you know, 25 to 30 touchdowns. I mean, that'll yeah. get you top 15. Yep, absolutely. It's like, it's like when people are like, oh, well, he's a tight end one. He's a top 10, top 12 tight end. Yeah, you have to fall into the end zone like four times to be a top 12 tight end in the that's, NFL. That's now. right. That's how it goes, man. But I mean, speaking of those Washington commies, the commanders and their wide receivers, I mean, this was this was a great one because, I mean, me and you, if you guys didn't see the headliner, you scouting report on a Jahan Dotson, go back and check it out. I implore you. Because, I mean, we just we talked up this guy's game a lot. And so is the commies wide receiver coach. He's saying he could not any quotes. He could not find any negative traits on Dotson from college film and and, end quote. And I mean, I tend to agree because, I mean, there weren't a lot of negatives that we did have on his scouting report. And and the fact that he's already taken to it in OTAs and minicamp. Yes, training camp is starting up in the next couple of weeks, I believe the mid of July. So, I mean. My comp for uh, Jahan Dotson was a a Terry McLaurin because I believe they're like clone like of each other. It would not surprise me the way that they're trying to set up this offense, the way that they want to run this offense, especially with Carson Wentz, believing that he can throw the ball a lot better than, say, a Heineke did or whoever else they had at quarterback. I don't think it's out of the question, and this might be a hot take, but I mean, I don't think it's out of the question whatsoever to see Terry-like numbers from his rookie season go to Jahan this year of 6,907 touchdowns. I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, uh, the one thing with, with Dotson, he has extremely strong hands. He's going to be able to pluck the ball out of the air. 
uh, very secure with the football itself. You know, when he's doing it, he had two drops all of last season, you mm. know, at, at Penn State. So with Dotson, he's someone that's going to be very secure with the ball. Great hands. Uh, I mean, the biggest knock I had, I had on him is that he doesn't force a ton of missed tackles and he's not someone that's going to, you know, break a lot of tackles. He's kind of, you know, that guy that gets hit and goes right down. But other than that, that was the only real negative thing I saw when I was looking at his film. Everything else, you know, the the negatives here and there were all coachable traits for him. Like everything else was just above everyone else that I was looking at. And I mean, he is the staple of being quarterback proof because I mean, let's not get ourselves the Penn State quarterbacks were, were subpar at best. And I mean, Maybe that's even part of him because I remember those those t- uh, the the tape that we did watch on the man, and and I agree with you. I mean, there wasn't a lot of you know play after the catch, but I think that could be simply because of his poor quarterback play. How many times he had to do contested catches? How many times he had to come back for the ball? So I'm I, here. Yeah. I here here I go again preaching up a little Carson Wentz. God damn it! I'm not trying to. I am not the the official fan base of you know the fan club for Carson Wentz this year. I really am not, but. I really, truly love what this Washington Commanders offense looks like this year. It's it's nice. And I mean, if we had a Matt Ryan on this roster, I think I would be juicing all over the place, too. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and I think a lot of it with Carson Wentz is just the name. People hear the name and they automatically think, oh, well, this guy's going to you know get injured. He's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. But I do think he's still a guy that's going to be able to get you 3000 yards and 20 to 25 touchdowns. I don't think he's more, he's definitely not that Matt Ryan mold where he's going to get you 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. But Wentz is, is certainly someone that can, you know, he's not going to ruin your fantasy season. I'll put it that way. Fair enough. And I mean, okay. So as we sit today, based on their roster, will they be above the New York giants? Yes, because their defense is head and shoulders above the giants and they have an adequate quarterback that doesn't have a really terrible nickname. So he's there we go. The Philadelphia Eagles. Are they above the Eagles this year? They should be. I think, I think they absolutely should be. Yes. Okay. The Dallas Cowboys. Will they compete with Dallas? They'll compete with Dallas. I think Dallas will certainly beat them out because the improvements that Dallas has made on their defense over the last couple of years. So I do think that the standings probably would go Dallas Washington, Philly, and then the New York Giants. Man, you're going to get some more hate mail. Do you see what I said? He's been getting a lot of hate from Eagles uh, Nation there. And I mean, I just set you up for more punishment. Well, whoopsies. <laughs> Moving right along. PFF, man, these guys. Okay. And I'm again, I'm not cussing anybody. Okay. You guys want to throw out clickbait all you want. Go for it. I'm just sitting here telling y'all. When I see this type of shit, I'm going to call it out because this is what I do. That was literally like a backhanded compliment. It I'm was. not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything, but if you want to keep putting out clickbait. <laughs> hey, I'm being honest to God. You know what I mean? But this. No, this I, I, I 100% agree with you. 100%. This this one here was was cringeworthy. Well, maybe not cringeworthy, but it was worthy enough for me to bring it on here and be like, I don't think so. Damn it. They said on a graphic, Deontay Johnson over Jalen Waddle this season. And I'm like, what are you guys smoking over there? Because it doesn't seem just like the buds. It seems like you're smoking a little crack over there because put down the pipe. And I mean, Deontay's a great talent. Don't get me wrong. I'll preface this by that. I do like me some Deontay Johnson, but 
It's Mitchie Biscuits. We don't know how this offense is going to be. Mike Tomlin has already said that Najee's going to be the damn workhorse this year. And I've already been on record, and I'm going to continue on record, saying that Tyreek can coexist with a Jalen Waddle with Tua throwing the ball without question, in my mind. And and what what with 17 games, you got to have an average of what, like 67 yards per game to catch a thousand. So mm-hmm. really, I mean, I think Waddle goes like a thousand to eleven hundred, where Deontay might struggle to get 850. So. All right, so here's where I'm at. If I'm looking at it from an ADP standpoint right now, I mean, there's not a lot that's separating the two. Jalen Waddle's going 310 and Deontay Johnson's going 404, okay? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going for a value, you know, pick here, if I want to, you know, save a handful of picks, I'm probably going to pick Deontay Johnson. Just no, because, you're not. Yes, because I do think that they finish a lot closer than people assume. And I love me some Jalen Waddle, hands down, 100%. But... I do have Deontay Johnson ranked higher in my wide receiver rankers rankings than I do Jalen Waddle. Say that one more time for me because I think I missed it. Deontay Johnson is my wide receiver 11. Jalen Waddle is currently my wide receiver 17. That's it for tonight, folks. I mean, I hope you enjoyed the show. What the hell? <laughs> that's Chris? the end of the friendship. You know, did you get hired by PFF by chance over the last couple of days? Was this your graphic that I you decided to put now, out? Brandon, yes, they they like to come up with a lot of hot takes, but wow. this is a take that I actually agree. Do I think wow. that Deontay Johnson is a better football player than Waddle? No. Wow. Do I think that he right now, do I think he's going to have a better fantasy football season? Yes. I, I just I can't believe what I'm hearing right now. This is almost blasphemous because it's Waddle, Waddle time. And I mean, come on, man. Really? It's Mitchie Biscuits. I love Waddle. It's Mitchie love Biscuits, Waddle. though. You're you're but putting it, him up but, what, but it won't, five it, ranks it ahead. No, don't interrupt it me when I'm speaking. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, sir. <laughs> I, I'm just messing it with you. It won't be it won't be Mitchie Biscuits for the whole season. Like now, granted, yes, they're gonna go from Mitchie Biscuits to Kenny Pickett. So yeah. there's gonna be some transition there. All right. Jalen Waddle already has that that relationship and chemistry with with Tua, and I don't think Tyreek Hill coming into Miami is going to take away all that many more targets away from from Waddle. It's going to be the Waddle and Hill show with Gasecki sprinkled in here and there. I just think that Deontay Johnson. I don't see Claypool really doing too too much. Juju's gone. I think Deontay Johnson is just going to be set up for a monster year this year. We got no proof on Mitchie Biscuits anymore, dude. I mean, okay, I get it. Everyone wants to, you know, cream him up because he was with Josh Allen, the best quarterback in the NFL learning last year. I understand. I get it. But <laughs> see, you like how I do yes, that I heard I heard that best NFL. I was waiting for a response. <laughs> didn't get one. He smiled nicely, and that's all I took. But whatever. It's fine. <laughs> But I, I, I can't fathom this because, I mean, how many times do we talk about path to volume, path to targets? And we're talking about a quarterback who still has not proven to us to throw left from the pocket. That's going back to Chicago days. I understand he's grown. He's had some time to learn. Maybe his game is going to be good or better, whatever. But you got you got how many weapons on this offense, man? You got Pickens. You got Claypool. You got Deontay. You got the Muth. You got Najee. And you're telling me based on the fact of four or one round down, you're going to rank this man five spots higher than Jalen Waddle just because Tyreek now has entered the conversation in Miami. What are you smoking over there? All right, let's 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 <laughs> make a bet. All right. Oh, let's we're making make, a bet. Okay. 
let's make it like let's make just like we did with bet. the Mac Money Jones bet, where it's yep. the case of beer. We're gonna we're we're gonna do a case of beer. Okay, whoever finishes higher at the end of the fantasy football season, Deontay Johnson or Jalen Waddle. Okay, perfect. Mark it down. It Boom. is in stone. I feel another case of beer coming my way. As I say, I'm 0 for 1 on these on these bets, so I'm not <laughs> feeling too good about it right now. <laughs> oh, PFF, you guys never cease to amaze me. But hey, we got a little Alan Lazard Green Bay talk. And it's interesting because I did a mock draft on Headliner U. I did a couple more myself uh, off video. And, and I found myself, especially the first like four uh, picks. So if I'm picking one, two, three, and four, and, and as I'm getting my running backs early and I'm waiting for mm-hmm. my wide receivers just to test to see what my wide receiver core could look like, because right now, even if you're picking one, two, three, four, I find that you can really get, especially in super flex, even you can really get a great one, two, three of running backs, one good quarterback, and you're still getting a decent wide receiver room with all that talent. So Alan Lazard to me keeps falling and I, and I find it harder and harder every time not to select this man. I mean, wide receiver ADP 47 around the 10th round. I mean, really, are we saying that he's not going to be the steal because someone's got to get these targets. He's got the most chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. All right. So we're talking about Alan Lazard here. I didn't say Sammy Watkins. Oh my God. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think if you want to go, you know, it's a back slow heavy, news day, Chris. Like, come on, I, man. I'm, I'm, I, I completely understand. With that being said, you're absolutely right. I think if you want to go super running back heavy, there are, you know, at least three guys that you can target in each of the first three rounds and still feel really good about it because as deep as wide receiver is, when you're coming around in the fourth round again, I mean, hell, you could have Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore. Maybe Deontay Johnson, you know, as your wide receiver one, and then still kind of go after that. And that's what I'm saying. So then, okay, say you have one of those guys. And Alan Al Lazard right now is what? Uh, end of the ninth round? Tenth round, as far as I, I think wide receiver 47. Yeah. It was like it was like beginning of the 10th round. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So even if you do that, he could be your wide receiver three, four, or flex option at that point, because you could still get yourself, like you said, a Deontay. Who else did you say? I mean, at that point, you get Deontay, maybe Waddle if someone doesn't snatch him at the end of the third. So Kay. Deontay, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin. Okay, so if or I go DK, or DK Metcalf, I'm out on DK. But if you're if you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. if you're if you're talking Terry, let's just say you get Terry and you wait, and again you come down a little bit further, you go and get yourself a little Adam Thielen. How do you how do you not like that with a stack trio of running backs, a quarterback that you could still take early if you wanted to? And then you're coming back and you're going to get yourself an Alan Lazard to be kind of like a, a little bit of a backup. And you continue down the board because there's so much wide receiver depth. I don't know, man. This might be zero wide receiver year for me. I'm, I'm not even kidding. All right. Let me ask you this because guys that are going right around the same area as Lazard, would you rather have Lazard or Russell Gage? Ah. Uh. You son of a bitch, because you know my soft spot for Russell Gage. I, that's why I said it. I'm going Gage over Lazard for sure. And I think that's another right. one. So then even if you pass on, on Lazard there, you could probably get Lazard after Gage and then you're good. Yep. Okay. Lazard, you're going to hate me for this one, but or Chris Olave. Oh, you son of a bitch. 
Thank you, everybody. It's been a good show. We'll see you <laughs> next week. I can't answer these questions. Yeah. See, okay, fine. You're, you're proving my point. Correct. I'm saying there, there are other guys. There that are. I and I agree. That, you know, but I but I understand where you're going with with Lazard, because I mean, right now, you know, obviously uh, Christian Watson is the rookie coming in. You know, we don't know what that rapport is going to look like. Lazard has that relationship already with Rogers. So for the meantime, it's going to be he and Robert Tunyon who are going to be getting the majority of the targets to start the season, I think. So I, if you can get a team's wide receiver one on paper in the, at the end of the ninth round, then absolutely. I think it's a phenomenal steal. See, and, if, and for me, because I love me some Olave too, so maybe I would probably take an Olave over Alan Lazard, but that's a tough conversation to have as of right now. As we get into the preseason, I'll give you a better answer for that. But... Where I'm going with this is because I don't typically subscribe to path to targets or path to volume. I really don't. It's for me, it's more talent. But this is one of these situations where there's the exception to the rule where I'm actually looking at path to targets or path to volume and saying that Alan Lazard, based on how the team is, based on what Aaron Rodgers doesn't like to do, throw to young wide receivers who don't run the right routes, who drop passes and make him look mm -hmm. stupid, he's going to go to old reliable. Okay, yeah, Alan Lazard has health issues. But I mean, at that value at wide receiver 47 in the 10th round, you're you're potentially talking, even if you say buck the trend, you're not going to go after your quarterback early. You get your three running backs, your two wide receivers, get a, a, maybe even another running back if you wanted. And now you got yourself an Olave, potentially. You got yourself a Lazard and you got who else was there? I can't even remember now, but there's so many options. Russell Gage, you can have all three of those individuals potentially at that point. I, I like it. I think that builds your roster with wide receiver talent and depth at lower rates and high return. No, I, I, I cannot fault you for that. So fine. I mean, I get it. Alan Lazard. Fine. You can get better value, but I'm just saying value to ROI is there, but let's move forward because we've got, got some like really like some interesting takes tonight with <laughs> Lazard and Wentz. And I mean, you are planting your flag on a lot of different hills tonight. My this man. is not flag planting. This is just discussion time pre-training camp because so you're putting you're putting like orange cones on these cones. Hills. Yes, I'm, I'm putting, you know, All caution right. cones just in case they pan out because I like uh I like finding value. What do you want me to say? I like finding the value where it is, man. Stop cussing me down, but we'll move forward. Gabriel Davis, my Buffalo Bills. And here's another one who is potentially, quote unquote, going to have a monster breakout season. And I mean, mm -hmm. I've seen so many people have the take of either you're supportive of Gabe or you're saying, no, this is not going to happen. And I'm not going to bother with him at wide receiver 29. What is that? Fourth round, fifth round? value at this point so i mean where are you sitting on mr end, end, yeah end, end of the six right end now. of the six round so where are you where are you planting your flag on a little gabe davis because this one does not have a cone this one has a massive multiple flag placement for me yeah i think right now where he's going towards the end of the you know middle to end of the sixth round i think that's just fine value because at that point you know if you are going rb heavy to begin your draft Gabe Davis could probably end up being your wide receiver three. So for me, that's just fine, especially where he does have, you know, low end wide receiver two upside. And everyone's going to argue the point of saying, you know, how many targets can or how many balls can go around to feed all these guys. I mean, yes, I said that really wrong, but hey, balls that feed guys <laughs> apparently. But I mean, Gabe Davis is going to be one of these guys that's going to flirt with the 850 and 10 touchdowns this season on maybe what? 55 60 receptions this year in an offense that really is going to be 
very different from what we saw under Brian Dable. Mm-hmm. Well, no, absolutely. And I think that also you mean, there aren't a ton of mouths that they're going to have to feed in Buffalo. You're going to have Diggs, you're going to have Davis, you're going to have Knox. I mean, and also with the team that, yes, Josh Allen does like to run the ball quite a bit, but this is also a team that likes to throw the ball quite a bit as well. When you look at last year, the Bills were fifth in passing attempts. So there's going to be plenty of balls to go around for everyone to enjoy, <laughs> pun intended. Balls to go around. So I just want to say, you know, it's fine because Gabe Davis and this ain't no homer shit because I was preaching up Gabe when he first came in the league. You guys know this, you know, my work, mm-hmm. but Debo Samuel, I just want to touch on Gabe a little bit, you know, because we got to talk about my bills every now and then. I felt like we didn't talk about him last week. I felt a little bit, you know, under we haven't talked about the Patriots yet. I know. And I don't think we and we've, record- we've been recording for like 45 <laughs> minutes. I don't so think we will today. <laughs> I did bring up uh, me beating you in the bet with McElmany Jones for my case. This is true. Beer. So, hey, we, we covered your Patriots for today. <laughs> but, I mean, Debo Samuel, this was interesting, too. He still has not. We'll refresh the situation because he still has not rescinded his trade request. And, I mean, right. he, he was a participant at minicamp. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very confused because, you know, he wanted out of San Fran. He was adamant on it on social media, especially after he got all the negative racial comments and, you know, death threats from the fan base. I mean, what are we thinking about Debo? Does this concern? I, I started thinking about this today as I was, you know, doing up, uh, you know, some of my work. And I was like, you know, are we really putting all our eggs in a basket for Debo to be our wide receiver one with this potential trouble looming or situation looming is, is his heart going to be in San Francisco like race Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think I can, I can do that. I mean, if, if I'm having that second round pick, I don't care where it is in the second round. It could be the end of the second round. I'm going to take a running back most likely over someone like Debo Samuel, because if you do want to wait until the third round, you can still get a Keenan Allen, you know, a Brandon Cooks even. Is, is Cooks going to give you the type of production that Samuel might? Probably not, but you at least know that he's going to be playing the entire season. You know, same thing with a, with a Keenan Allen. Um, hell, a T. Higgins. I'll take a T. Higgins as well and still be fine with them as my wide receiver one because of the uncertainty surrounding Debo Samuel right now. It is scary. And I mean, do you know what? It's fearful because of the fact that he wants to be paid like a wide receiver one. He wanted to, he said he was cool with doing the running back hybrid thing, but now he wants his bag. Like he, like he's getting paid like a true wide receiver one. And he's likely going to still be employed as the hybrid type of player. But I mean, it's hard to argue the production he gives you, but it's, there's a little bit of a, you know, factor there for me to say, I, I might pass up his services, even though I might regret it just because I'm uncertain on what he's really going to do. Maybe he turns into Allen Robinson where He doesn't put as much effort just to get the hell out of town. Well, let me, let's, let's, you know, think of it on this end. Okay. Um, Mike McDaniel is no longer in San Francisco. He's now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. So right. does Debo still get to be used that same way that he was last year? Because you have a new offensive coordinator at the helm. I mean, who knows? I mean, Debo's first two seasons in the NFL, he had a good rookie season, you know, sophomore season was hindered by injuries, but I don't know if we see him getting 59 rushing attempts for 350 yards and, you know, eight rushing touchdowns. So you take that away. And he's still a very good productive receiver, but he's not someone that I really would want to be taking in the second round as my wide receiver one. Okay, so at least we're on the same page. I mean, depending on what running backs have been took and what running backs I have or running back I have, I should say, because it'll probably be one round and then you have to choice your choice of pick and Debo. But 
It's interesting. It's just something to note. Okay. I'm not saying I'm Can out I ask on you this then. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do a little. Would you rather? Okay, where, con- considering where where Debo's going right now. Okay. Debo Debo Samuel or DeAndre Swift. I gotta take Swift. All right, Debo or Camara. Well, I'll take Debo because Camara's got that issue with the legal stuff. That's right with the first six games. Okay, final one: Debo or Aaron Jones. Oh, that's a lot closer for me. Oh man. Mm. Ooh, that's a close one for me. And because I love my running backs early and I'm just preaching how much wide receiver depth there is, I probably would be inclined to take a little Aaron Jones. I would too. I I think I think Swift and Jones I would take over over Debo at that point, like the mid second round. Interesting stuff. So. I, I like it, but you know who else is talking today? He's talking lots today. Your boy, we covered him last week. He comes back again. This is going to bite you in the ass. I got a feeling you had your divorce. He signed the papers. He, he sent the, his boy pack in miles Sanders, man. He went on one of these uh, podcasts today and he started talking a little bit. Oh, and no. He was, oh, he was, he was a little frustrated. So he says, you know, he was, he was being he was being poked and prodded to kind of you know throw the Eagles under the bus a little bit. He did actually almost quote a, a Vince Young where they were a dream team. He said they were an all-star team, it felt like. So I mean that's a bad karma. But anyway, we'll move forward before that. They asked him when asked, he needs to have a better season. Will he have a better season? And he replied very annoyed, like saying, I need more opportunities. So now he's kind of throwing the coaching staff a little bit under the bus being like, Hey, it's not me, even though he spends more time in the medical room than some doctors, but he's throwing coaching staff under the bus saying, you guys don't use me near enough, but I tend to agree with him. The usage just definitely was not there. He is capable of a three down back workload, but can he stay healthy for it? It's true. And I think he needs to be used more in the passing game as well. I mean, Mm. His rushing attempts were down last year compared to 2020, even though he played the same number of games. You know, production in general was down between 2020 and 2021. So I do agree. I think that he needs to be involved more. Um, And this whole running back by committee, as much as they rotate running backs in and out, it's not going to help Sanders. So is it what you want to hear on a podcast from somebody? No, absolutely not. Do I agree with it, though? Yes, he absolutely needs more production and more usage. Yeah. So, I mean, for my money, I even believe. Is it? A, it's not a hot take, man, that Miles Sanders is going to be playing in a different uniform next year. In 2023? Yeah. I would be shocked if he isn't. Correct. I think he definitely is in a different uniform. Yeah, I feel the same way. And do you know where I want him? <laughs> Come to Buffalo, buddy. Come to Buffalo. Course, we will use. Good God. <laughs> we will use you properly, man. We'll set up a tandem between Miles Sanders and James Cook. And oh, my God, I would be in heaven. <sighs> Let's talk about your okay. Patriots. Do you want me to talk about your Patriots to feel a little bit better? about? Not, a, not at this point. No, <laughs> no. With the hot takes that you've been spitting out tonight, I don't think I want you to go near my Patriots. Oh. Christ, man, this is not going well as I thought it was, but you're going to not like this one. (laughs) You're not going to like this one then, man, because you know me, I I was preaching of this man last year as a rookie. I might have been a year too early. Nope, nope, not Ramondre, even though that one was, uh, you know, highly documented as well. But I mean, I said Chris Evans. 
I really liked me some Chris Evans. And everyone said, yeah, who's Chris Evans? He is the wide receiver convert to running back, former Michigan Wolverine. Now, Cincinnati Bengal, if you guys don't know, you should know. But apparently he's making strides and the coaching staff is finally starting to take notice. And he is likely, the word is right now, it's early. I get it, man. We got a lot to go through before everything is full. But I mean, he is likely to uh, supplant uh, Sam G. P. Ryan as the third down or a third down back. And I think that's just gorgeous because what have I been saying all this time when it comes to how teams are trying to build with their running back room? You got to have like skill sets where both can catch, both can run the ball decently well, at least. Chris Evans isn't necessarily a guy who's going to run up the middle like a Joe Mixon will, but he's got the receiving ability. He's got the outside ability, and he's going to be able to make plays in this offense. I really like the prospects of a Chris Evans to actually start his trajectory to be a thing potential matchup play flex PPR. Yeah, I think that if you're if you're somebody that's already drafted Joe Mixon, I think Evans is the handcuff that you want over P. Ryan, and you can get him at a four-round discount in the 24th, 25th round as opposed to the 20th, which is where P. Ryan's currently going. So I think it's perfectly fine. If I didn't have Mixon, I probably wouldn't want any shares of Evans. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think that it's very good insurance right there. And I do think that Evans is the better complement to mix in over P Ryan to begin with. And I think it helps the offense be that much more explosive. I mean, P Ryan can be your goal line guy, short yardage guy when you require it. But Mm -hmm. I think you need that mismatch appeal on a third down where a team wouldn't understand what you're doing, running or passing. It's only going to help promote more offensive abilities with Joey B and company. I I was a year off and I I might be still a year off because year three might be the year we see Chris Evans actually be, you know, used in the James White role. And I use that term loosely, but I mean, you know, that's kind of the ceiling of what we want our third down pass catching backs to be. No, absolutely. If you can get 50 to 60 receptions as a running back, you know, in that role, you're going to be able to flirt with a flex option on a weekly basis. Yeah, I agree, man. But here's a bad one I don't like, and we haven't talked about it near enough, is the Alvin Kamara situation. It's been a while, yeah. It's been a while, and I mean, reports are coming out suggesting that he himself is even bracing for a suspension of at least six games. Now, this this poses to be a big problem. Because, I mean, you can get him now. His his ADP will likely drop the minute that suspension comes. So you'll likely get him at a oh, yeah. good discount of like third, fourth round, potentially. Are you still in on Alvin Kamara if he drops to the fourth round? Mm. Fourth round would be interesting because the guys that are currently going that area, I probably would rather have for a full season. If he happened to drop into the fifth round, then we're talking like that's where I think the drop off is. I think a lot of this talent is in the first four rounds. And then after that is where it starts to drop off a bit. So yeah, if he happens to fall into the fifth round and you had to make a choice between he JK Dobbins and Josh Jacobs, that's when you really kind of start to, you know, think about it, especially where you're only going to be getting him for 11, 12 games. And, and that's it. And I mean, but the insurance policy that you could get, because if you do draft, say, Say you do it like we're saying, you go running back heavy, running back, running back, and then you go Alvin Kamara as your third. Is that no? You said fifth round, so you could go running back I'd say fifth round. Okay, so if it, if let's just say it's fifth round, so it's running back, running back, running back potentially or wide receiver. So you have three running backs, one wide receiver, or two and two, and then Alvin Kamara sitting there looking at you in the face, <laughs> and it pit, round number five. So you potentially could have him as your RB four. That's ridiculousness right there. And, and when he comes back, he could put, likely hit the ground running. 
I, I like that, but I think you're being greedy. I think someone takes yeah. him in the fourth. Well, I, I agree. I am, but let's, let's, let's put it this way. Okay. Say he drops to the early fifth round. Okay. Okay. You could potentially be looking at a running back stable of Jonathan Taylor, Deandre Swift, Saquon Barkley, and Alvin Kamara. <laughs> In your in three of your first or sorry, four of your first five picks. See, and that just proves my point even more that if Alvin Kamara does get suspended, you can go zero wide receiver and probably still win your leagues at this point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of injury concern there. Sure. You know, but still, I mean, absolutely. That, I mean, the upside is just phenomenal. It, I, it's I agree 100 percent. It's just fantastic, man. But. We're talking about Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings fans. I think you got a lot to get encouraged about because as I was kind of diving in, I was doing some research for the draft guide. I was, uh, and I found a nugget that I really liked and it's this offense under coach Kevin O'Connell. And and now it's even coming out that they're going to be extremely pass happy. And I've, I've always been a fan of a Kirk cousins. I know a lot of people aren't, and they, they want to say, you know, Kirk is, is what he is. He's not clutch. We get it, but he still puts up good numbers. O'Connell and his staff are basically saying, do not expect anything less, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a hot take for them, but they're like, do not expect anything less than 4,500 yards and potentially 40 touchdowns this season. But I can see this happening, especially with Osborne coming up, especially with Adam Thielen. You know, JJ is who he is. They potentially use Dalvin more in the past game. They, they've shown that they're lining him up in the slot. And dude, I mean, 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns for Kirk Cousins for wherever his ADP is absolutely like stellar mm. low. I, Ben, you could even wait on, on quarterbacks because where is he going? He's going in the 10th round. 10th round right now. Dude, the value in this draft right now this year, I think, is absolutely supreme. Yeah, and it, I'm glad that you mentioned Osborne. Osborne is, I'm a super big fan of KJ Osborne. And I think that he's someone in, you know, where Thielen's had his, his injuries, you know, over the years. Osborne's someone that could definitely be a steal. I mean, last year when, when Thielen was out, Osborne had five touchdowns in the team's last six games. And he's currently going as the wide receiver 76, I believe, in the 18th round. You know, so if they are going to be as pass happy as you think, you know, and what we all think right now, then yeah, Osborne's going to be definitely a guy to look at. And Cousins as well is someone who the offensive line, yes, has a lot of issues. So Cousins has kind of been running for his life, but middle of the 10th round, you get your quarterback and you get to worry about all the other skill positions before that you're going to have a pretty loaded team. I agree. And I mean, that's like Matthew Stafford numbers. If that does come to fruition, I mean, they're, they're going on the high end and I understand even though like, okay, we we've seen how many quarterbacks who get, how many, how, do you have his numbers up? Because how many attempts did he have last year? Who cousins? Yeah, man. Look, look that up because I'm curious because the reason why I'm saying that is, uh, do you have it? 561. Okay. So if, if it goes above six, so if it goes 600 to 625, we're talking big Ben days. Like that's, that's what we're talking about we could see more turnovers and that is the caveat. So we're not, I mean, 570, that's a lot of passes anyway. So, I mean, and how many interceptions do you have? He had a, what? 10, seven last year, seven. So that's it. See, the point is proven. So, okay, fine. 33 our, touchdowns to seven interceptions. Okay, perfect. So then even if we say 40 touchdowns to 12 interceptions, you're still getting basically the uh, better return because the touchdowns will offset your point totals anyway. So this, this to me, even with an added 50 plus attempts to the pass game, potentially, I, I love me some Kirk cousins late. And I mean, if I'm saying 
you know, zero wide receiver, zero quarterback. I'm stacking all my running backs. It gives you trade depth and talent. And you start to pick up guys like Kirk Cousins. You go down a little bit. You find some wide receivers that are con- going to potentially boom. You're, there are risks. I'm not saying that. But with the stable of running backs that you could get, you could offset all those, uh, you know, potential falls. So Kirk Cousins, his best year was in 2020. And he had 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and he finished as the QB 11. If he can get close to those numbers and finish as a top 12 quarterback and you're able to get him in the middle of the 10th round, you're set. You're fine. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. See, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about, see, this, you know what? We're going to have to call this the potential breakout show because that's all I'm talking about is the breakout that's potential of like these it. players, you know? But one interesting aspect that I did see, and I don't know if you caught it, was I Am Athlete, the Shady McCoy talking to uh, Chase Claypool. You catch that one? I did not. It was interesting because Shady was talking up a little Kenny Pickett, and he says, and I quote, he says, I don't see much difference between Kenny Pickett and Joe Burrow. I was like, whoa. I did. Yes, I I did see that as far as their their release the way you know in certain aspects of their game i did see that yes i was like whoa man is this just like you know because he played at Pitt, so i mean there's a little homership going on there but is is there is there validation to this argument because we studied the kenny pickett tape and i mean we were impressed with his senior season he did progress and perform how many times i even said i went on record on that video on headliner you and i said kenny pickett has the you know uh what do you call it uh the creativity and the instincts Mm-hmm. Of of like Josh Allen type, not saying he's Josh Allen, but he's got those instincts and create a creative ability. But really, can we say that he's Joe Burrow at this point? Not really far off. <sighs> Talent wise, a little too soon. Yeah, I think it's a little too soon for me. Yeah, it's way too soon for me. That's all you got. That's too soon, and you cut it off. Okay, we'll just move on. Yeah, I mean it's too soon because I mean uh, there's still a lot of question marks surrounding Kenny Pickett, where Joe Burrow has already solidified himself after being in the league for a couple of years. It's it, we're gonna have to see what he can do is his rookie season. Okay, you know, so say so say they both get in Pittsburgh. So say they both came out of college today. Who are you taking? Remove the bias. Ooh. Remove the bias. I'm taking I'm taking Burrow. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> yeah. So am I. I mean, the LSU tape was too good. You can't even say it. But you know, let's finish this off on a game, man. Let's play another game. We like games. It's not dirty this time, but we love games here. See how I'm bringing the show full circle, man. It's breakout potential. Will these players break out this season? Of course it is. I had a plan. (laughs) See what I'm saying? I had a great plan today and it comes all the way around. Trey Lance. Listeners, listeners, I want everyone to know that he does not share this plan with me before we go on to the show. So this is all new. (laughs) This is all new for him. I did not share this plan. I thought this was a great concept. There's a breakout because we got to find the values, people. This is what we're here for man so breakout season will it happen will it not trey lance um break i mean breakout it's is it tough is it is it safe to say breakout even though he didn't really play a ton of games last year it is it is okay then then yes i think trey lance finishes as a top 12 fantasy quarterback this year wow that's so bold man i don't know if i'm there i currently have him i currently have him as my qb 13 Wow. I, I don't know if I'm there. You're stunning me with some of these remarks today. We're very much off today. I mean, June. Well, it's what? good because after we've recorded all those scouting report videos, we we're pretty much the exact same Same, yeah. About time. We had some differences. <laughs> I mean, shit, it's June 29th. And I'm like, I love me some Trey Lance, but I mean, we okay. I'll, I'll leave it there. I'm, I'm still, I'll, I'll say I'm still on the fence on that one. Zach Wilson breakout or not. Um, 
I'm going to, I'm going to say not. Ooh. And I, I love the talent around him. I love the progression that he made towards the end of his rookie season, but I do think he's going to need another year. I think year three is going to be like his breakout year. Okay. I'm, I'm with that too. I think we see good improvement, but not a breakout from Zach this year. Right. Tua, man, is he going to break out this year with his new toys? Um, again, I don't think he breaks out. I think he improves upon last year. I think he's still top 20, but he's on that like lower level of top 20. I'm almost ready to say he will. I, I like how this offense looks on paper. I, I do want to see one preseason game or a training camp. For yeah, a, yeah, a little yeah. bit, And then I'll, and then I'll confirm that, but I, I'm, I'm starting to trend towards Tua actually having a very good season. Your boy, Jalen hurts. Breakout I mean, season. I feel like last year was his breakout season. To no, be it with was you. not. He was junk. Fantasy, he was what good. You, what? Yeah, well, that's, that's what I, are we not talking about fantasy? Are we talking both. about both? Let's talk both. I'm talking okay. both. Okay, so um, fantasy, no, because last year was his breakout fantasy year. Okay. But Real was life, it really? Was it really? I mean, he was top, he was, he, he was top three for most of the season in as fantasy. A, yeah. As a running quarterback. Well, because that's what he is. He's not a passing quarterback yet. Well, it's like so, it's like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was a running quarterback the first few years, and then he finally started to progress into more of that passing QB. Okay, so that's where I'm going. Is Jalen Hurts going to progress this year to break out as a passer? Not this year, no. Not as not as a passer. Okay. Um, he's going to continue on as that running quarterback. He'll make strides probably towards the end of the season, but I think next year is where he can make that jump. So this year, I do think he's his fantasy production is going to be mostly relied upon with his legs, even with grown ass man AJ Brown, huh? And I love grown ass man, AJ Brown, but grown ass man, AJ Brown can't stay on the field. <laughs> <laughs> you pick a lot of band-aids on your favorites. I tell you, Deandre Swift. Are we going to again? See I think I thought I thought last year was his breakout. It was, but you know what you I'm know? saying? I want to see like top three, top five running back. He needs to be used more in the running game. Agreed. All right. He needs to be more productive and more efficient as a runner because he was all of his, not all, but most of his production was in the receiving game. Mm -hmm. So in order for him to break that top three, top five barrier, I think he needs to be used a lot more as a running back. Agreed. And I hope they do utilize him that way in this. The Detroit Lions might shock a few people, man. They, they played their asses off last year. And I think that, you know, this offense does look a lot better. So we'll see. Travis at the end loosely. I mean, is he going to break out quote unquote, but is he going to have a very good season? He's going to have a better season than he did last year. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> this is high you know, quality I, I think, I think, an analysis by I, Chris I, Kennedy. I know. I think he I think he surprises a lot of people this year in a positive way. I agree. I think that he's going to be a darling. Everybody's liking and looking for. I'm preaching him up and I'm continuing. How about Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Um, no, no, nope. I don't think he really. I mean, is he going to have good games here and there? Yes. Is he going to be like, oh, this is the guy that we all thought he was going to be his rookie season? Absolutely not, because he's never going to be anywhere close to that. See, and this was the basic. If ever anybody argues me uh, path to volume, I'm always going to come back to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Just because he was on the Chiefs does not automatically imply that these numbers are going to be phenomenal. He's a good talent. He's OK. But is he ever right. going to is he ever going to be a top 10 back in this league? Has he been? No, exactly. No. I don't think no. he's been. So I, there we go. Naheem Hines. Is he ever going to break out? No. And oh. I don't really have much more to um, oh, 
my heart establish or elongate that message with but my heart and the main the main reason is because his breakout season i think was two years ago in my opinion you know I don't know if he ever really tops that, you know, especially where Jonathan Taylor is taking over more of the receiving role for this team. Mm. Hines will have to go to another team and have greener pastures in order for that to happen. Oh, you know, <sighs> Naheem and Paris Campbell. Why do I like players that just, you know, they're awesome on paper and just nothing else after that? I just, it hurts. <sighs> Raheem Mostert. Marine Monster is interesting because if he can stay healthy, right? Yes. Yes. Because the dude just has absolute firepower speed, but the man can't stay healthy. So if he can stay on the field, then yes, I think we could see a really, really nice season out of him. And I like it in Miami. I hate the fact that I, I'm saying yeah, that I, I like it in Miami. I like it with the head coach from San Fran. They got the connection. You got man, they're going to be fast this year. Miami is going to be like a track team out there. And oh, baby, I mean, how many games is healthy? 12, 14? I'd be happy. I'd, I'd be happy with 13, 14 games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me too. I, I think he could potentially crack a thousand in those 14 based on his breakaways wheels. I mean, especially where you're getting him in the 14th round. Yeah. Mm. If he can get you 13 games of production, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I love it. CD Lamb, is, is he going to break out to wide receiver top end levels this year? I think CD Lamb finishes as a top five fantasy wide receiver. Yes, finally we're yeah. on the same page. I love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm all I'm all on board with CD Lamb this year. I, I I love his game. I think he's just absolutely stellar, and we are on the same page for once today. That man, this hasn't been a show where we've argued this much. I think it's weird. It's true. Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I I think he has to. You know, I mean, he does have where to. he was, where he was in the doghouse last year, and especially. With the uncertainty of Debo Samuel, maybe he gets more opportunity, gets more reps. I mean, especially where he's currently going right now and where he's being drafted. I think if he finishes at a low end wide receiver too, then I'd be that's icing on the cake for me. That's a good breakout for sure, man. If he if he yeah. can if he can give me sixty five receptions for eight hundred and six. Uh, yeah, 800 and 800, 800 yards, six, six touchdowns. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 807 no, yards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping it's 850 to 907 touchdowns ish. And I'm, I think that's a mm-hmm. breakout. I think that's a breakout for him. What about Jerry Judy, the guy that's hiding his baby formula? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. Mm. Mm. I think, I think Cortland Sutton outperforms Judy this year. Whoa. It's hard to argue because I want to be supportive. I want to like and get on board with Judy. And and right now I'm off his game, man. The drop passes, the injuries, the soft tissue, the stupid off field. You, you sound like you sound like a disapproving parent. Like I, I want am. to be supportive and, and understand what you're doing, but I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Rem there, but I mean shit, Jerry. Like. <laughs> I need to see something, especially with Russ there. Like, come on, man. I want to see you catching balls everywhere. Rashad Bateman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Rashad, Rashad Bateman. What's, Rashad Bateman what's breakout out. numbers? What's breakout numbers for Bateman? For Bateman? I mean, last year wasn't that great to begin with. So for me, I think if Bateman 
top 20 fantasy is definitely within the realm of possibility for him, you know? So I'd be, I'd be more than okay with that. Mm. I mean, if we're, if we're looking at numbers, right? Yeah. You got to think, give me the numbers, give me the values. All right. I think the biggest thing is going to be touchdowns like receptions and yards. Fine. If you can get me 65 receptions for 700, 750 yards, but you get me like six to seven touchdowns. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy. Do you think, I don't know if that's possible. I'm on the fence with this one. I, I, I want to, I'm a Bateman supporter. I really am, but I don't know how this offense is going to go, especially with the fact that they said they want to go back to their running ways and giving their running backs like 600 yard or 600 carries a year. I mean, fine. Is Lamar going to take off as much as he did with that ankle that he had? We'll see. Is Lamar going to continue to his ascension in the past game? We shall see. Are they going to use Mark Andrews more again? Again, so I don't know. I, I want him to be a thing. It's going to be different without Hollywood. So you got to think this is a path of volume argument, I think, for Bateman and why we should be excited. And I'm going to say yes, breakout, but I'm 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 not holding my breath if it doesn't happen. McCall Hardman. Um, no. I think with the with the addition of Juju Smith Schuster, the drafting of both Sky Moore and potentially what could happen with Justin Ross, I don't think McCall Hardman. Even when McCall Harmon was given the opportunity, he didn't really impress as much. He's just more of that home run hitting kind of guy. So I don't think he gets the the targets and the volume to really kind of be that breakout candidate. What year is this for him? Is this year three? I thought it was like year four. If it's year three, check, but... if it's year three, I'm gonna go on a limb and say yes, he will break out. If it's four, then I'm gonna say no. This is year four. Hey, I'm saying no. <laughs> Easy answer. Year four, you you hurt everybody's feelings last year. Fine, you're out. Yep. Last one I got is the Mooth, Pat Fryer Mooth. Are we seeing massive breakout, even though he kind of did break out in his rookie year? I mean, he definitely did kind of break out last year, but um are we talking like I, tight I, end top five numbers with the Mooth this year? Because I it could very well be. Uh I don't know if I'm gonna go that high only because well, no juju, so we don't know. But again, the quarterback, I mean, who knows what's going to happen there? Because last year he had 60 receptions, 500 yards, seven touchdowns. Like, what do you what do you think you'd be happy with this year in order to call it a breakout? Uh, It's 712 touchdowns. Like, I think the reason why I'm saying the touchdown upside is going to go up for me for the Muth even more is and I, I know 12 is a lot, but I mean, let's say 10 to 12. That's three extra with a potential extra two on top of that. It's mm-hmm. it's because the the you know quarterbacks who aren't great like a Mitchie Biscuits they're going to go to the tight end because it's a safety blanket. Rookies who are uh, you know having inadequacy throwing to wide receivers outside they go to the tight end because it's a safety blanket. So I just I I think it's just you know a lot of checkdowns are going to come his way so he's going to take a lot of that you know production away and if they do happen to get in the red zone with the help of a Najee play action pass to the to the Muth who does not drop red zone passes people. I could see 12. I mean, if he gets 712, that puts him like top three. See, that puts him like tight end three to tight end four in the year. So, so even if we're we're being a little bit, you know, I'm being too high. So say even 600, 550, 600. He does almost the same yards, but he scores more touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The Mooth, baby, the Mooth. Yeah, then you're then you're talking, you know, just outside top five. There we go. Okay, fair yep. enough, but. There you go, baby. You know, some potential breakouts on this show. You know, what are we feeling? How are we feeling? And 
I don't know. Chris was okay with this, I guess, is kind of looking sleepy over there. I mean, I was, we had some different, differing opinions, yes. but yes, we it's did. just, it's the end of, of June. I mean, when this drops, it's going to be the last day of June. So we still have, you know, July and August to kind of fine tune our rankings, you know, see how these ADPs move up and down. Mm. So we're going to, we're not done with the hot takes yet, folks. Don't, don't you worry. We got, we got some time left. We got some time in the, you know, the fantasy headliners draft guide is dropping very soon and we did a lot of work on it recently. So definitely go pick up your copy today on uh, what the fantasy headliners.com. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the least expensive and most jam packed informational draft guide that you are going to find on the market today. And we do hope that you read every word of the player profiles because Charleston, I did a lot of work on those <laughs> facts. <laughs> preach it up, man, because it was a ton of work. But hey, we love it. And we wish you guys the best uh, when, when you read it. And hopefully it helps you, you know, dominate your drafts. But nevertheless, what do you say? We get the hell out of here today. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to all the listeners. Thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out. <laughs>